So I'm going to read God's word at the very beginning, and then I will expound on it. Amen? Amen. It'll be on the screen as well. I'm going to read it, and then we're just going to read the last verse together. Amen? Amen. The last verse is verse 10, but I'm going to read it because it's a story that unfolds, and I'll be speaking a little bit about it in a little while. But let's just read Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10, and it reads as follows. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree, fig tree, beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be with the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Together, verse 10. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you. Glory be to God. The word lost, oftentimes when it's used, depicts something. If someone tells you you've lost your mind, it's not a compliment. If you've lost your heart, it's not a compliment. Um, in sports, they say you've lost a step. It means that you're getting older and you can't do what you used to do. Your ability begins to diminish. But when it's said of us that we've lost our way, it means that there must have been a path that we were supposed to be on that we've gotten off. A path that for us in this room, you have to understand, it was set a long time ago by God himself. Each individual here, according to the scriptures, it says that God formed you in the womb of his mother. He knew you before you even knew him. So because of that, he has set a path, and this path was supposed to always get you to where you are today, hopefully, is to establish and get into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, that's no different than the story and the narrative of the Bible. In Genesis, God created and he made man in his own image. And because of that, each one of you in this room has value. Despite what the world tells you and the enemy tells you, even the people around you tell you, you have value. God established that a long time ago. And then what he did was he set out this path for man to travel. And it was meant for us from the very beginning to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We know the Genesis story. We know what happened. Other things vied for our attention, tapped into something that was going on inside of us and lured us away from that path. And since that moment, because man has lost his way, God has spent from Genesis to Revelation and sending his own son to seek that which was lost. And it's because of that that we find ourselves here today. 
This story in Luke is only found in Luke, only found in the Gospel of Luke. By the way, Luke was not an apostle. God chose who he chose to pen this narrative. But the truth of the matter is that Luke hung out with Paul. He hung out with Mark. He hung out with all these guys. And God used him to write in a particular way. You won't find this story in any other gospel. You'll only find it in Luke. I need to walk through it so that we can look at why it's so important for us to understand that the whole gospel is summed up in verse 10. It's summed up, the whole gospel. If I ask you what the gospel means, everybody will quote this and do that. The whole gospel is summed up in this. Each one of us in this room lost our way. Some of us done lost our minds. Some of us lost finances, lost relationships. And because of that, we're constantly clawing and trying to get back to that place. But if you don't know what that place is, if you don't know what that path is, if you don't know what the way is, what's going to happen is you're going to find different roads to travel. And let me tell you something, all roads do not lead to heaven. Zacchaeus, in this story, it immediately identifies who he was. He was despised, he was ostracized, he was stigmatized, he was a cast out, so much so that he wasn't allowed to go to synagogue. His own people rejected him. Hello? His own people want nothing to do with him. Not only did he bail on them as a uh, Jewish person, he hung out now and worked for the Romans. The very ones that were persecuting Jesus, persecuting the gospel, persecuting the followers of Jesus Christ. So he aligned himself with them. And then on top of that, it wasn't like he was selling pigeons or, or, you know, in the market. He became a tax collector. That means that he set the rate of what people had to pay. And if you see the narrative, he was charging a little bit more than usual. He was stigmatized, an outcast. I don't know about you, but that's how I felt. Growing up, I, I felt, even early on in school, they, they, they had 600 schools at that time. I don't know if you guys remember that. I've just aged myself in this room again. But they had these 600 schools, and they used to put them in the lower level of the building with a separate entrance because we were bad kids. And it wasn't that we were bad kids. I firmly believe I was gifted, right? <laughs> I, like, that's what I believed, that I was gifted. But along with that gift came some trouble. So they put us in the lower part, and nobody wanted anything to do with us. It's like a separate place altogether. Anybody ever feel that way? Like, like, like felt like you didn't belong anywhere? Like even in a crowded room, you felt like, man, what am I doing here? Right? So, so you begin to act as if you belong. Hi. Hi. Right? You put on that smile. You see the smile? This is the best it's going to get. It's the best it's going to get. Take a picture, Shelly. You got that? All right. But think about it. Zacchaeus was going through this, and this is what began to happen. He began to catch wind of a guy by the name of Jesus. Now, let me tell you something. This is happening right before Jesus is getting ready to go to Jerusalem and get crucified, and all that stuff is going to happen. The midst of what's going on with Jesus, he realized why he came. He didn't come for any other reason except to save that which was lost. 
He, he didn't come to do anything else. So even in the midst of him working towards the cross, he's thinking about an individual. He's thinking about this individual who for a long time is a child of Abraham, a creation of God himself, but he's an outcast. And if you read stories before that, when you read the stories before that, he's just going about reaching individuals that nobody wants anything to do with. The leper, the woman with the issue of blood, the, the person who's possessed, the, the, the people who are sick. Are you listening to me? He came to seek that which was lost, you and me. And he targets this individual that he knows by name. Does everybody know that God knows you by name? Not, not your street name. Not, not your street name. Your name. Blessed and highly favored. A, a child of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. And it's important for us to embrace that because I got to tell you something. Every time you fill out an application, there are boxes that you have to check that define you. Your race defines you. At the very bottom, have you ever been convicted of a felony? It defines you. Forget about your current state. You may not be that anymore. You may be completely someone who's just trying to find their way trying to get back to that place where, where you once experienced life in a different way. I don't know how far back that is for you. For, for some of us, it's just our relationships. You know, the Bible talks about forgetting your first love. It, it talks about despising, you know, the, the, not despising the wife of your youth. R reminding yourself of those relationships that matter most to you. I ask people constantly about what they value most. Because when they write it down for me, I put a big question mark around that because you're not acting like you value that. You may say you value it, but your actions and behavior are not reflecting that. So don't write something down that you're not willing to own up to. And Zacchaeus found himself in a position where, man, I am so lost that my own people want nothing to do with me. But he hears about Jesus. And here's what we make the mistake. A lot of us think that we find Jesus, right? Yo, man, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Yo, I found Jesus. I'm down. I said, let me tell you something. Jesus has never been lost. <laughs> He's found you. It's him who's pursued you. I can pass the mic in this room and we can begin to have conversations. There are a couple of stories in the room that just move me completely, right? There's, there's an you know, individual in this room that I love dearly who, by the way, um, found himself in a situation where people had to go knock on his door to get him in a moment where he was just dope high, crazy as can be. Christ came to seek that which was lost. And somebody, somebody went to seek after you because of what Jesus had done here in Luke chapter 19. Somebody knocked on your door. Somebody took you by the arm. Somebody said, come and join us. Somebody said, hey, be a part of what's going on. Hey, listen, you don't have to live that way anymore. I don't care how you feel. Listen, I have found a way. In fact, I have found the way, the truth, and the life. And if you come to him, 
to be able to experience that in a way. Zacchaeus was so not only lost, but the feelings that come over us when we're lost. It's like we're aimlessly walking through life. We punch in, we punch out. We have a routine every single day. You know, it was funny because my kids sometimes call me and says, Dad, what are you doing? And Sunday they'll call me. And I said, listen, if you want to assassinate me, you'll find me in the second seat in the front row at Recovery House of Worship Brooklyn. There are routines that we have. And when we're lost, there are routines that we have too. We don't want to talk to anybody. We don't want to show up. We isolate because we don't want people asking us how we're doing. We stop showing up to church for sure. We stop reading God's word for sure. We draw the shades, we curl up, and we cry a lot. I cry these days. I didn't cry a lot when I was growing up. But I cry these days because it's the work of the Holy Spirit to purge me of all the hurt and the pain that has occurred in my life, this feeling of being lost and not belonging. Now I belong. Now I'm not lost. I've been found. I was blind, but now I see. And I think about that. I I, I think about the, the transition of our lives. Listen to me. I don't care where you are today. I don't care what your struggle may be. I do care, but I'm not saying it that way. I'm simply saying that you have value and that you don't have to be lost. You don't have to. You can get back where you belong. It's real simple. All you got to do is acknowledge first and foremost, you know, that denial is what keeps us from getting help. Hey, man, I've lost my way. Hey, man, I'm losing my mind. I'm thinking things I shouldn't be thinking. You know, man, my, my relationship is not where it should be. And I need to do something about this. The people around me, I'm not being sincere with them. I'm not being honest with them. You know, I, I don't even know who I am. And so I, I, I put on this facade, I, I put on this performance, you know, and I walk around and I act like everything is okay, but inside of me I feel lost. I feel disconnected. I don't feel like I belong. Now, routinely, my feet take me to church in the morning, but I don't feel like I belong. And because of that, Jesus came, and he's here today to be able to do that. And he goes on to say, no matter what we might have done in our lives, no matter how people may view us, we are still valuable to God, so valuable that the Lord came to seek and to save the lost. That's why it's so important for you to understand. Look at the person next to you and say, I have value. Remind yourself, self-talk, I have value. Look in the mirror and say, man, I have value. Why? Because I am created in the image of God. Within him, he has deposited something. He has given me his word. He has shown me the way. Now, I don't care what anybody says about you. When someone says something contrary to what the word says about you, remind you, I don't care what you say, I have value. I don't care what you feel, I have value. And that's because it comes from God. And those things that come from God are not something that anybody can take from you, but it is something that you can give up. See, we talk about joy. 
And a lot of people are not experiencing joy because you don't realize that the joy that you have or get comes from God. It's why Paul is able to write while he's in prison, not because of the conditions he finds himself in, but because of his connection with the Lord. And because of his connection with the Lord, he rejoices in the hardest of his circumstances and conditions. He realizes he's not alone. He may have been an outcast, thrown in prison. Zacchaeus may feel like he, he, he can't get along with these people no matter what he tries to do. But Zacchaeus realizes, man, Jesus is here. And I have to be able to meet Jesus because I am tired of being lost. I am tired of wandering. I am tired of being this person that I don't know who I am. So I love what he does. He goes ahead of the crowd. Remember, the Bible says he was short. I don't know how short, but the truth of the matter is that he could not see above the crowd, and he wanted to see Jesus desperately. He said, if anything, I got to get an, you know, I got to catch a glimpse of this Galilean. I got to catch a glimpse of this person that's going around healing all these people and doing that because there's something going on inside of me that ain't right. I'm making a lot of money. I'm rich, but I still feel lost. I got all this stuff in my life, but I'm still feeling lost. I'm still feeling disconnected from my people. I'm still not appreciated by those around me. I'm lost because I don't know who I am. That's why that scripture in verse 9 says that salvation came because truly this is a son of Abraham. He had to remind all of us in this room that we are children of Abraham by faith. And because of that, we have access to God through the person of Jesus Christ. So he runs up ahead. And, and I, I would love to have a film about this, right? Like he runs up ahead and he jumps up into the street. Now, he was short. I don't know how he did that, but he was able to do that. We all climbed trees when we were kids. No matter how short we were, we made it up in the tree. He makes it up into the tree, and he's sitting in this tree, and Jesus comes by. Now, mind you, Jesus is surrounded by a crowd. So I'm sure that Jesus could have easily been distracted, but he came for one. The one sitting in your seat. He came for you. And he called you by name. He said, Zacchaeus, come down. Now, now I don't know about you, but, but I'm sitting in the tree. And Jesus called me by name. <sighs> Something happens, right? Like, you get this little flutter, right? You guys ever get those little flutter when you fall in love, right? You get, right? A little tingling. Like, they called me by name, so I'm excited. I get down from the tree. He says, no, no, not only come down from the tree, but I'm going to your house today. Wow. Woo. I'm not just calling you by name. I'm going to your house. Now, I hope his house was clean. But Jesus didn't care about his house. Jesus didn't care about anything else. He cared about Zacchaeus. He cared about the individual. He cared about what was going on inside his life. He knew who he was. He knew what he was doing. He knew what he was about. He knew the sin that he was committing. It didn't stop him. He didn't do the white glove test in his house. He just came to his house. What I... What I what bothers me is that word notorious. When he says, climb down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people 
were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. Oof. Right? Notorious. Like they classified him. I think just being a tax collector made you notorious. But imagine that. Imagine that you are notorious. Imagine for a moment that the people around you are displeased because of where you are today, right now, this moment. I'd rather see you high than sober. They'd rather see you somewhere else rather than in church. You see, there are people like that, and there's nothing we can do about it. The Bible says to love them, but you have issues with loving those who want to harm you, don't you? Come on now. Come on now, all right? We, we have issues with that. We struggle with this whole love thing. But imagine Jesus showing up on the scene and seeing Zacchaeus, who was unloved, stigmatized, ostracized, kept at arm's length, not allowed to even go to synagogue. Imagine if there's a sign one day when you walk into the church that says you can't come in. It has a picture of you. That was Zacchaeus' life. For the longest since Genesis, every single word uttered from God's mouth in this great book is about seeking that which was lost. Wasn't only an individual in the garden that got lost. Every individual in the Bible got lost. Every single, when you look at every single person, they lost their way. When you talk about Samson, Samson lost his way. When you talk about all the kings that were allowed to rule, they forgot what God had told them when he was leading them into the land. And he's telling you this today as he is leading you to this abundant life, to this promise that he's making to you. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't be concerned about what your neighbor is doing and how he's prospering. And you're saying, God, I go to church. I read your Bible. I pray, but I'm still broke. I'm still feeling like I'm lost. I still don't understand what's going on in my life. And God says, I got you. I didn't call you out of the muck and mire of life to allow you to wander aimlessly through life now. I will be your guide. I will be your fixed star in the sky. All you got to do is keep your eyes on me. Zacchaeus, come to my house. Let's, let's go to your house. Let's hang out in your house. I don't care what they're saying. I hear what they're saying. Don't worry about them. Guess what? The wicked already have their reward. Those who are caught up with accumulating material wealth, they already have their reward. I was having a conversation with my son in the car just yesterday about a, 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 an artist who just offed himself, like hung himself in his house. It's a great moment because I get a chance to relate to him about these things that we think will make us happy. How do we have, what is it, uh, money and power and prosperity and the right car and the right outfits, that that's what life is. But in the pursuit of these things, we lose 
our way. Right? We lose our way. And that becomes the priority of our lives. And it's in the midst of that because as we pursue these things, what happens is that when we attain these things, we realize that's it. You spend all that energy trying to get somewhere, and then when you get somewhere, you still feel lost. You chart out this course, and you say, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get a career, I'm going to get a deal, I'm going to own a business, I'm going to go all over the place. And then you get there, and you're completely dissatisfied because you've lost your way. It's not about the things, and it's not about the presence that we get. It's about the presence of God in our lives. It, it, it is Jesus Christ being at the very center of everything we do. It's being part of our lives in such a way that we get mistaken for Jesus. But that doesn't happen. I said this the other day. You can't just take a picture with Jesus and say that he's your friend. you got to spend time with Jesus. You've you got to be able to immerse yourself in his word and be able to see who he is. When I look at this, I said, man, this is amazing. Like as I read this scripture, I just don't read it as a simple text. I'm saying, this guy, as you read the narrative and you go further into studying God's word, this guy was messed up. Zacchaeus was messed up. His name is supposed to be, you know, uh, uh, blessed and favored, and he wasn't blessed and favored. He was feeling miserable. But Jesus shows up and explicitly reaches out to him. Somebody came to you because Jesus was in their lives. Every one of you can think. Right now, think about it. Who was it that, that, that helped you to get here? Who was it that invited you to this place? It's that person that understood that Jesus came to seek that which was lost, to help us to find our way. Now, the struggle with us is not so much the way, but the manner in which we respond to the way. See, the way is going to ask you to stop being a knucklehead. Right? You say, I don't know how to stop doing that. That's who I am. You know, I don't understand that. That's my Rocky imitation. But, you know, you, you got to get that, right? So he says, okay, you got to stop being with that person. He said, no, that's the love of my life. Right? you got to stop going to those places. Absolutely not. Those are my peeps. I want to hang out with them. you got to stop doing those things. And he says, man, I've been doing this so long, I don't know if I can stop, God. And you're absolutely right. You can't stop. Not on your own. And God doesn't allow you to try to stop on your own. And that's where the problem is. You're trying to do it on your own. Zacchaeus. For a long time, tried to do it on his own. And at this moment, he came and he showed up. And look what happened. This is amazing. What you see here in verse 8 is something that is so critical for us to really see. It says in verse 8, Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will get half my wealth to the poor Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. What is going on here? Something happened to him. Something occurred inside him. He met Jesus. He met Jesus. Now, prior to that, he was ripping people off. Now he becomes the Santa Claus. Right? 
Now, now seriously, you just made this quick conversion, right? That's what conversion looks like. Listen to me, you who are in this room, who are still acting on old stuff, I question your conversion. Because everywhere in the Bible, when a person comes and meets Jesus, they're changed. He was changed instantly. He immediately realized, wait a minute, I got to repent because I've been a thief. It's my job. I got caught up with it. I know, but I'm cutting corners. I'm doing this. I'm charging people a lot more than I, I should because I need to get my tithe. I need to get my tithe up front from people. Right? That's what he was. He knew about tithe. So he knew to take his 10% off the top immediately before he turned it over to the Romans. So he knew that he was robbing them because the Romans were not going to pay him. He had to get it from the people, his people. So he knew this. And the minute that Jesus came to his life, the minute that Jesus called him by name, the minute Jesus invited him into a relationship, God, I got to tell you something. If you invited me into your home, you're inviting me into a relationship. He said, I'm going to your house. He didn't wait for the kids to invite him. He imposed upon him. Why? Because a lot of us resist Jesus. A lot of us don't want nothing to do with Jesus. How many people you know that you try to tell them about Jesus, and they're like, hey, that's good for you, but it's not good for me. You just keep it moving. I'll keep it moving. We'll see you later. The truth of the matter is that those people are blinded. So your prayers to God for them is that God will remove the scales from their eyes so that they can see. Because it's then and only then that when you share with them, they'll be able to embrace the truth that's found in Jesus Christ. A lot of us try to approach people without even praying for people. So it, this, it just doesn't allow you to penetrate that facade because you're not praying for them. You pray for them by name. Zacchaeus, by name. Zacchaeus came down, went to his house, and then all of a sudden here, you see what happened. The Bible says that when he, in the moment where the woman was found in adultery, and they were brought before them, and everybody accused her, everybody wanted to stone her because that was like the thing to do back then, stoning people, you know? He makes a glaring statement. He says, you who without sin cast the first stone. Now, here I am with my boulder, because I'm going to hit this lady on the head. Like, like, you know, like I'm ready to launch, right? And listening to what he says, I dropped the rock. Because I realized I'm a sinner too. Who am I as a sinner to judge someone who was caught in sin? Jesus says another glaring statement after everybody is gone. He says, now that you've met me, now that you've experienced me, I'm paraphrasing, he says, go and sin no more. Why is that so important? Because to come to Jesus after having been lost, and he shows you the way, why would you get lost again? Why would you get lost again? Why would you choose to get lost again? If God delivers you, and now you're no longer thinking crazy thoughts, why would you lose your mind again over that guy, over that girl, over that job, or that thing? 
If God called you by name, called you out into a relationship with him, and now gives you everything you need. Listen to me. I said need, not want. Gives you everything you need. Why would you now lose yourself in the pursuit of things that only end in you losing your way? All the scriptures you'll read are about that. All the prophets, they cried, they wept. They, they told the people, listen, stop worshiping those idols. Stop walking that way. Stop talking that way. Stop doing that. Come back to God. Re return to God. Isaiah says, you know, come, let us reason. Right? Like he wants to have a conversation. Why are you doing that? Well, why are you worshiping those gods? Why are you offering that? Have you forgotten the Ten Commandments? Have you forgotten that you shouldn't worship any other god? Did you forget that? Yes, they did. They lost their way. They got caught up with the things around them. They got caught up with the celebrations of kings, and they wanted kings, and God constantly kept telling them, listen to me, you in this room, you want a king, but it has to be Jesus. All of us in this room will be ruled by someone. It needs to be Jesus. It can't be the person sitting next to you, in front of you, behind you. It can't be me. It has to be Jesus. He has to sit on the throne of your heart. He has to rule your day. It is him that we offer worship to, not sacrifice, but worship. It's not him that we offer sacrifice to. Jesus doesn't need any more sacrifices. He has become the sacrifice. The Bible is clear when it says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It was Jesus. No longer do we have to be lost. No longer do we have to be blind. No longer do we have to neglect what is the most essential part of our lives. Your spiritual development is something that you cannot neglect. If you have said yes to Jesus Christ, you got to give yourself over to allowing the work of the Holy Spirit in your life to build the character within you that reflects the glory of God. But you have to get out of the way. You are a stumbling block to the Holy Spirit. I truly, it is mind-boggling that you would get in the way of the work of God to make you a better person. Like you're happy being mediocre. You're happy just being blasé. I'm not. I want to be great. Not for no other reason except that's who God says I am. I am a 10. I, like, like really, I got an A from the very beginning, right? Like I go to school and sometimes I struggle to get an A. No, I got an A the minute I walked in, the minute I said yes to Jesus. He put on this new garment. He gave me a new ring. He killed the fatted calf. I am. He climbed up into a tree so that Jesus can call him out of the tree. Jesus climbed on a tree so that he can call you out of darkness. I think about that a lot. I, I'm crazy when I think that way. Because I didn't think that I was worth anything that Jesus would die for.
Like, I watched The Passion of Christ. Most of us have watched that movie already, right? Like, I couldn't take the whipping. Right? I mean, I wasn't sitting there eating popcorn, you know, like watching the movie, like I, because I've read the Bible. The visual, like, really struck home for me. And I thought to myself that, man, uh, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. I, I, don't, I don't think that I'm, I'm worth that. But you see, it's not what we think of ourselves. It's what he thinks of us. I mean, we are gems and jewels. We are daughters and sons. We have value. We have amazing gifts and abilities and talents in this room. And no matter what has happened in our lives, we're still here. So we are survivors. And because we are survived, the question that we have to ask is what for? What have I survived this miserable life that I have lived for? I found the answer. It's for the glory of God. It's so that people can ask you, why are you still here? Despite everything that's happened to you, and I can hear those words say, because Jesus came to find me. Jesus knocked down the door, crawled, climbed, went to that dark, dilapidated building on the third floor that I thought was a suite. But it wasn't a suite. And God drew me out of this place and cleaned me up and put me right now in this room where I'm sitting. And he says, you don't have to be lost anymore. You don't have to feel like you're a part, but that you are a part of something. So today we've come to this place in our lives where we have to understand that he's come to seek that which was lost. And you think maybe I got it going on, I got a little job, I got a little this, I got a little that. Listen, if you're not serving God, if you're not living for Christ, you're lost. If you're not connecting with your local church, you're lost. If you're not participating in the life of the local church, you're lost. You can put on all this show you can. When the curtains are drawn and the masks are removed, the true you will be revealed. But you don't have to be lost anymore. Because Christ came to accomplish this. Because he left his throne, became man, and entered this world and was crucified, beaten, died, the whole works. Like he went the whole nine yards for us. We don't have to be lost anymore. And Zacchaeus learned this firsthand. This is amazing grace that happens. God showers us and pours it upon us and says, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know what you're doing. I also know what you're going to do. But I still love you. You have value. So I, I, I want to encourage you, for you to realize that this scripture for me 
I put myself in the place of Zacchaeus, where I couldn't see, because of everything I was doing and the people in front of me, I couldn't see Jesus. And somebody came into my life that said, you don't have to live that way no more. I thought I was living pretty good, but I was lost. Because I was pursuing things that when I got them, I still wanted more. There's, there's no bottom to our appetites. We all in this room want more. I just want to make a little shift here. We need more of Jesus. If you want more of something, it's more of Jesus. It's more of the life that he offers you. You all in this room have something that you have to do for the glory of God. See, like right now you're saying, no, not me. Stop that. Every single one of you in this room have something that you have to do for the glory of God. You will not know what it is unless you come to him so that he can put inside of you what it is that you are supposed to be doing for the glory of God. Up until then, you're lost. Up until then, you'll keep asking Pastor Gus, what's my purpose? Why are you asking me? I ain't God. <laughs> Pastor Gus, let's do the purpose-driven life. Pastor Gus, let's teach you cast on purpose. No, go to God. Go to God. On your knees and on your face. And that's another question. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to go to God. It starts out by you just reading his word. Just read. Go to Matthew, go to Luke, go to Mark, go to John. Just read a little bit. Oh, I don't believe that was written by man. So were the laws of this land, and you're still breaking them. Go to the word of God. Begin to read it and allow it to get inside you. See, when I read something like this, or I read something prior to that, or I read something else, I questioned, why is that there? I just didn't skate by it. I questioned it. I said, okay, what's the story of this lost coin? What's the story uh, of him teaching about forgiveness and faith? What's the story uh, about the lost son? What's the story about this great feast? What's the story about the lost sheep? I started to say, okay, what is that? And then I started to say, okay, lost sheep, I'm a sheep. <laughs> Put myself in the story. Like, like, like I started to do that. And I said, okay, so, so I'm the lost sheep. He's the shepherd. He came and found me. Oh, great. Thank you. The lost coin. I look at the lost coin. I said, okay, wait a minute. If I got $10 in my pocket and I lose one, I ain't crying about it. But Jesus makes a point here about even if that one coin is missing, it's still valued. It's still valuable to him. And then I go on and, and, and I read, you know, like I, there's a bunch of stuff here. Talks about the barren fig tree. Like I read that, I said, okay, what does that mean to me? See, up until then, I was lost. But as I began to read, I began to realize, okay, there is a way that doesn't look like my way. There is a way before me that's been set by God. And I have to learn what it is so that I can walk in it. There is a way that's been set for you, and it's not what you're doing right now. You say, how do you know what I'm doing? I got a crystal ball. No. It shows. It shows in your demeanor, in your behavior, in the way you speak, and even the way you sit. It shows. 
was like, oh my God, he's figuring me out. (laughs) But it shows. A person who is in love with Christ, there's a certain look, a certain walk, a certain joy, a certain excitement. There's a thing about them that is attractive to people. And listen, I'm not selling you a car here. I've been... I've been doing this for a little bit, man. I'm, every day I'm learning more and more about who he is in my life. And what I love the most is even when I fall on my face and mess up, he still loves me. Even when I go to the left, he still loves me. But there's enough inside of my life now that he convicts me and, and draws me back to himself. Doesn't condemn me, doesn't point a finger and say, aha, there you go. I say, God, I messed up again. By the way, it doesn't take them by surprise that you messed up. How can I get back? Right? Like before, it would take me a lot longer to get back. These days, it's like a quick U-turn. You know, because of the Holy Spirit and God's word, because I know enough to say if I stay out there longer, because by the way, I can rationalize, justify, and explain why I need to stay out there. Oh, they don't love me. Oh, they don't think about Oh, they don't care. I can go on and on and on. That's what we do. We all want love, and we don't get it. We start acting like a fool, right? You can do all that, or you can come to this place where we are today. We can experience the love and mercy and compassion of Christ in such a way that we don't have to be lost anymore. The gospel is summed up in verse 10. He came to seek that which was lost. You and me. He calls you by name. He calls you by name. Each one of you. His name. Your name. Your name. Your name. Your name. Your name. Your name. Like I forget names. But God doesn't. He knows each and every one of you by name. He knows every hair on your head. He knows what you're thinking right now. I wish you would shut up. He's talking too much. But think about this. Think about this for a moment. You've been feeling that way. You've been feeling lost. You've been feeling like, man, where do I belong? You're not going to find the answer in reality TV. You're going to find the answer by getting closer to Christ. And it starts out by getting in his word. This is the only thing in my life that is constant and consistent. Everything else, clothes you wear, come and go. It's fashion and fags, they rotate. The phones you have, they're going to go. Your prescription for your eyeglasses, you're going to have to get a stronger one because your eyes are getting worse. Right? Things are constantly changing, but the word of God doesn't. It remains the same. It goes, when, it, when it's released, it does what it's supposed to do. So I want to encourage you today, if you're feeling lost, come to Jesus. 